Good evening, everyone. Last episode, we talked about the various imaging techniques that help psychiatrists look at brains without having to cut through skulls. But that wasn't quite enough, and so this week we're going to talk about the life of Eric Kandel, who helped us achieve our modern understanding of brains. Kandel was born in 1929 in Vienna, Austria, actually not far from the home of the then very old Sigmund Freud. Like Freud, though, when World War II rolled around, Kandel's family fled the country, and in Kandel's case, to Brooklyn, New York. Incredibly affected by his childhood experience, he decided to study European history in order to understand how his neighbors had went from friendly to hateful racists, and he ended up going to Harvard to do so. While Kandel was at Harvard, he began dating a woman named Anna Chris, who just happened to be the daughter of Ernst and Marianne Chris, who were some well-known psychoanalysts, and had once actually been part of Freud's inner circle. When they asked their daughter's boyfriend what his academic goals were, he mentioned that he was studying history to try to understand anti-Semitism. The Chrises then told him he was on the wrong track and should instead be reading psychoanalysis. Although, if we're being honest, they may have been a little bit biased. But regardless, Kandel picked up one of Freud's books and was fascinated. Ultimately, he and his girlfriend broke up, but Freud's influence stuck. In 1952, Kandel graduated from Harvard and went to New York University's medical school, intending to become a psychoanalyst. However, Kandel was a little different from the other psychoanalysts and figured that if he wanted to truly understand Freudian theory, he needed to study the brain. The problem, though, was that not a single professor at New York University's medical school studied the brain. Seriously. And so Kandel ventured to the nearby Columbia University instead and asked a neurology professor named Harry Grunfest if he could work at his lab. Grunfest, probably wondering where this random guy came from, asked him what he wanted to study, and Kandel told him, quote, I want to find out where the ego, id, and superego are located. Which, if you'll remember, are Freud's proposed parts of the mind that aren't really provable in any real way. The professor apparently almost burst out laughing, but then told him, quote, If you want to study the brain, then you're going to have to study it one nerve cell at a time, end quote. Despite this very different perspective, I admire Kandel for his intellectual curiosity. Instead of pushing away this new idea, he embraced it, and spent the next six months learning how to record the electrical activity of individual neurons, or nerve cells. It was slow work to start, but he eventually learned to use the various electrical equipment, and came out of the experience convinced more so that the key to understanding human behavior and mental illness was to understand the brain. Kandel was an incredibly rare psychiatrist now, one that was a dedicated psychoanalyst, yet also well-trained in neural research, with heavy interests in both. At the intersection of these two seemingly in-conflict specialties, he decided to study memory, which he figured must have some mechanism in the brain, and also was fundamental to Freudian theories. In this day and age, that doesn't sound very groundbreaking, Lots of people have studied memory throughout the years, but in our story right now, it's only the 1960s, and neuroscience is barely even a field yet. Not a single medical school had a dedicated neuroscience department, and the Society for Neuroscience was not founded until 1969. Kandel had no guidance, no lab to join, and he had to strike out on his own in order to pursue this line of research, and he did. 
To start, Kandel figured that the formation of memories must somehow be done by modifications to the connections between neurons in the brain. However, there was no way to study these changes in humans, nor in common lab animals like rats. Kandel needed a simpler creature with a brain that was still big enough to be studied, and he found it in the California sea slug. For reference, the sea slug has just about 20,000 neurons, which I know still kind of sounds like a lot, but is way less than us humans who have about 100 billion neurons. Their neurons are also literally bigger than ours, with each cell being about a millimeter wide, while us humans have neurons about one-tenth that size, which is pretty helpful if you're trying to study said neurons. This means you can actually see a California sea slug's neuron with the naked eye. Kandel then set about experimenting on his many slugs, trying to modify certain reflexes with experience or memories. And then once a new memory was demonstrated, he would cut open the poor slug and poke around its brains to try to figure out where that memory was in the brain. As you can imagine, figuring out how something as complex as memories works is pretty dang hard. He spent years doing these experiments, but eventually figured out that there were two types of memory, short-term and long-term, which actually are formed differently in the brain. Not only that, but Kandel's lab also identified numerous discoveries that enhanced our understanding of basically all the mental illnesses, and also how chemistry and genetics could affect those illnesses. But none of these discoveries probably mattered as much as the fact that Kandel was just one of the first psychiatrists to do anything like this, using techniques from other medical research, like examining animals and running experiments, to pursue research on the brain and mental illness. Like I said, when Kandel got started doing this, neuroscience basically didn't exist. He helped to change that, and provided a new pathway for many up-and-coming psychiatrists who were also convinced that the brain was key to understanding and treating mental illness. And of course, the rise of all these psychiatric drugs that we've been talking about for many episodes ensured that there were plenty of these new converts convinced of the importance of the brain. For his work and his importance, Kandel eventually received many awards. In 1983, some decades after he first started this work, he won the Lasker Award for Basic Science. In 1988, he received the National Medal of Science, and finally, in 2004 decades after he started his work on memory, he received a Nobel Prize. And so, between new drugs, new imaging techniques, and new research on the brain, our biological understanding of mental illness was coming along pretty nicely, and treatments for mental illness were improving all the time. However, there is one more great innovation in psychiatry that arises in this era, being, you know, the the mid-1900s, and that is great changes in talk therapy. Psychoanalysis was in many ways problematic or wrong, but the basic idea of talking to someone genuinely can have many benefits, and next episode, we'll talk about how psychiatry finally modernized talking to your psychiatrist. I hope you enjoy what you've been listening to. And if so, or if not, please tell me why with the links in the show notes. I'm always happy to hear from you. Thanks also to my editor, Jojo Tang, my cover artist, Angie Lee, and Muse Open for this music. (laughs) 